2: This, oh by the way, did you see what's new, is the Rich Eisen Show, four outfielders. Caught the crap live from the rich eisen show studio in los angeles bobby wagner here why do you think it had to
0: happen? uh i'm not sure I, I hadn't had a conversation with pete or, or john on what, what was their reasoning knowing the business i'm assuming they, they just want to go young
2: today's guests nfl network reporter tom pelissero notre dame football head coach marcus freeman host of hbo's real sports brian Gumble. plus Stephen Root And now It's Rich Eisen Well hey everybody People all over the world Join in On the Rich Eisen show That's a Yay. love train, yeah, that's, a love train. Okay. that's what Del Tufo was spinning Before we got on the air You were on the back Getting ready And we were all just Joining hands Good to see you all Wherever you are Taking in this uh, edition Of the Rich Eisen okay. show 844-204-RICH Number to dial Give us a call Um, We've got uh, guests from all over the pop culture and sports landscape. It is why I love coming to work and doing this show as we're uh, zeroing in later on uh, this fall on our 8th. Uh, anniversary, and um, and it's a guest list like this. So um, name me another show, and I'll just say you can't, where, Bri- <laughs> where Brian Gumble calls in to uh, commemorate the 300th episode of Real Sports, and then uh, one of the stars of Barry, Stephen Root, who is in everything you've ever watched and loved, uh, will <laughs> be here in studio in hour number three. And in between we've got Marcus Freeman, the head coach of Notre Dame football, and my colleague Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. So settle in. The next three hours is going to be a lot of fun. You it. can join in again at 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. If you're watching on Peacock, say hello. If you're listening to us on uh, satellite radio, terrestrial radio, Sirius XM 85, this Rich Eisen Show, terrestrial radio affiliate, Odyssey. If you're listening to us on our podcast, we say hello to you. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for everything that you may have missed, including Bobby Wagner's outstanding, ha- almost half hour long appearance in studio on yesterday's program. A lot of people are talking about today, and we always greatly appreciate that. Um, uh, crazy stuffs happening in the world, like say the Phoenix Suns, the top seed in the uh, in the playoffs. Like if if this was the NCAA tournament, right, mm-hmm. where there is multiple number one seeds, but there's one uber one seed, if you will, the top ranked one seed. Um, and uh, if, if you will on all that front, uh, the Phoenix Suns would be that in the NBA playoffs. Like, and that's yeah. due, with all due respect to the number one seeded Miami Heat seat. or TJ Jefferson, your Philadelphia 76ers, or Chris Brockman, your second seeded Boston Celtics, I mean, or, or any you know Milwaukee Bucks fans out there. Yep. Uh, and the Suns are now oh, in, in, in a Donnybrook with um, a hamstring injury, um, cutting short Devin Booker's night last night, 31 points in 25 minutes. Looked like it was a 2 0 lead Dude. for these Phoenix Suns. And um, look out. Booker is now hurt, isn't that amazing? Chris Paul, he, he's he, we bubble wrap him finally, yeah, right? Finally. And now, and now Devin Booker goes down. So Chris Brockman, keep your eye on the MRI uh, on news it. list today because that is a huge injury, that is a monster huge injury, and now you gotta wonder. Uh, speaking of of health, as Devin Booker's now watching on, do. Uh, do the Pelicans pop Zion out there for a little haymaker? Because if they put Zion on the floor in New Orleans, right? <laughs> oh, little Smoothie King time. He he shows up like Willis Reed, you know, and uh, and comes out and everybody's lit up. And he makes his debut for a Pelicans team that's got McCollum and Ingram and Zion and the rest of them. Against a banged-up Suns team? You know, that's that's a pretty big punch that they can throw at the top seed in this conference, if not whole league. So, my Warriors are sitting there up <laughs> 2-0 going to Denver. And we've got a big game, obviously, uh, coming up in uh, both conferences for for the playoffs tonight. We've got another game between the Nets and the Celtics lots to look forward to but that was some pretty big news right there as far as I'm concerned Mm -hmm. let's see Zion come on now if the guy can do what he's doing let's go let's get him out there and see if this Western Conference playoffs can become that much more crucial and interesting and it's all on the line tonight between the Nets and the Celtics can the Celtics take a 2-0 lead and how many birds will be flying inside of TD Garden tonight underneath birds jersey i don't mean the <laughs> retired number <laughs> so there's that i'd
0: imagine there will be a lot of birds in the house yes, indeed but yeah. if
2: you will i don't know if they'll be flying <laughs> they're expensive so <laughs> i can't i, I, I I'm, I'm all right the nfl's nuts okay and we're eight days away from the nfl draft and crazy things are happening crazy crazy things are happening We're seeing, you know, um, a quarterback in in Baltimore whose team is basically saying, Lamar, please let us pay you nine figures. Can we give you a nine-figure contract, please? (laughs) Take it. Can we make you generationally wealthy and your uh, kids and grandkids, unborn grandchildren, uh, generationally wealthy? Can we please do that? Because we'd like to get some sort of of, uh, certainty, not just amongst our relationship, but the way that we can settle, settle our... Our cat number, you know. Get the uh, books. we, We gotta get the books. The bookkeeper. You know, let's get the bookkeeper on the train and let's go. But you've got a quarterback saying, Yeah, not yet. And then you've got what we talked about yesterday, this wide receiver market. This is the new story as far as I'm concerned in the NFL for for the way rosters can be built and free agents can get paid or not and see how front offices handle this. We already know the quarterback market's going through the roof and that 40 million a year is suddenly going to become the uh the norm. And then 50 million and 60 million and, and so on and so forth. That that, that number's only going to go up. It's a quarterback driven league and Kyler Murray wants his and Deshaun Watson got his fully guaranteed and I think that's what's playing out as the Cardinals are first up on the clock unfortunately for them. With a contract negotiation with their generationally talented young guy, and um, and uh, a fully guaranteed quarterback contract of two hundred thirty million dollars sitting there on the table, and everybody saying I want that, and we're assuming Lamar might say that once he gets around to accepting <laughs> the. The money from his team. Again, we're, we're seeing stuff that we haven't seen before. Now the wide receiver market that's you see guys like Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs getting paid and Tyree Kill getting traded and paid and Adams getting traded and paid. Even though the cards were kind of held by Green Bay, they could have franchise tagged him. He could have threatened the hole out, and that could have been as ugly as possible. But it's a different day and age in the NFL. Where guys who don't have all the leverage or hardly any leverage are getting what they want and getting paid for it too. Watson, Adams, totally different in terms of off the field, but Adams had uh, a franchise tag that could have been slapped on him and already had been by Green Bay and they traded him and went to a spot where he wanted to go, sent him to where he wanted to go and getting paid. And now you've got three young wide receivers that don't have a fifth year of contractual control piece of leverage held over them by the teams that drafted them because they were drafted after the first round. These three guys are up for new contracts after this year and they clearly want to get paid going into this year, one would think, because you're seeing the market go up. And the question is, is the market went up for guys like Adams, multiple Pro Bowls, Diggs, multiple Pro Bowls, right? Right. Tyreek Hill, Super Bowl champion. Established wide receivers for multiple years. Second contracts, third contracts for some. These guys want their first new contract. A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel. either want their new contract or they're in line for one. And now here comes Debo. Because he's the one that has gone on Instagram and said, I'm getting threats which is ridiculous. Guy should get every penny he wants. And now it seems we could take Debo and put him in the same category for the moment as Lamar Jackson. Because my buddy from the worldwide leader in sports, Adam Schefter, saying the Niners would pay Debo today, yesterday, tomorrow, and you can't, you can easily figure out what the contract's going to be. Because you take a look at what the top of the line guys are getting in Adams and Brown. And you, uh, what Brown wants, you see what, what Adams got and what Diggs got and Hill got. But he says, Adam Schefter, that Debo put a halt to contract talks. All right. Maybe, maybe for, for, I don't know. I, have, I can't read those tea leaves. All I'm saying is the Niners would be nuts to let him go. That's it. Nuts to let him go. He is such an engine for this team. He is such an infectious player. I know I used that word quite a bit yesterday. I'll use it again here. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is the way he plays is the way the Niners are identified. It is the image of this offense. To slash at you and run at you in angles that are difficult for you to track somebody down, certainly at the size and speed that they're running downhill at you. And do that over and over and over again with your running back, with your tight end and Kittle, and with your wide receiver and Debo Samuel, who is now one of the best running backs in the league. He is a football player. He comes at you. He's a matchup nightmare. He's a business decision. He is all of that in a biscuit wrapped up in one at the position. And I guess we're getting our answer to the question that we were asking yesterday. How will teams handle these guys, second round guys, three years into the league, saying, I want to be paid like somebody like Devontae Adams? Will they say, you know what, we'll just draft another one, just like running backs. That's what you asked yesterday, Chris, that they're the new running backs. Yep. And now I think you're getting an answer. If the Niners are willing to pay Debo yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and Schefter's like, you can all figure out what the contract numbers are. Okay. And I would rather set the market, reset the market, and put a new benchmark in the market at Debo Samuel's rate and position if I'm the Niners, then what the Browns did with Deshaun Watson. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. I'd rather do that. Because Debo is that. And I, I know I'm just sitting here saying, well, Debo is you know, not a quarterback. I think he is just as transformational at a, his position as Deshaun Watson could be for the Browns at that position of quarterback and 230 million all guaranteed is something you don't have to give Debo Samuel. And certainly if you got Trey Lance coming up and being the starting quarterback who it, that's going to happen folks. It's happening. It's going to happen. He's going to get the reps now, he's going to get the reps in the summer, he's going to get the reps. He's getting the starting gig. It's happening. You got to get Debo in. And I think they're going to figure it out. They're smart people in that front office big time ownership, coach, general manager. He's not going anywhere, is what I'm saying. And I know that was a huge to-do yesterday on Twitter. I don't think he's going anywhere. That would surprise me. That would stun me if something happens in the next eight days. And somebody we can ask that question to, Tom Pelissero, is joining us next. He also was the one who reported last week that uh, Kyler Murray is not going to be there to use the Magic Johnson phrase if he doesn't get a new contract before year four. And so there is tons to talk about because we're also eight days away from the draft. We're going to get some answers on all of these quarterbacks and the most unpredictable first-round mock draft style uh, that you can have. Take a look at everybody's mock draft. Everyone's got different number one overalls, different number three overalls. There's not even, usually there's one consensus pick where you know, okay, this guy is definitely going to this team because this team needs that player, and that player would be a perfect fit, and they have already fallen in love, and everybody back off. That guy's going there. We don't have that at all in the top ten. At all. Thought we did. Yeah, we did. For a while. I know. Could be a lot of smoke, though. Could be Adrian, uh, pardon me, Aiden Hutchinson going to... uh, Jacksonville they, by the end of the day but at least that by the end of the day is only 8 days away. So we got that going on. Um and we also have Marcus Freeman of the uh Notre Dame fighting Irish football team. We also have Bryant Gumble in our number 2 and the actor Stephen Root in our number
0: 3. Did you put up a poll question today based on oh, this yeah, whole conversation? Yeah, I was Chris? Uh, doing some other stuff but I'm putting it up right now. You want to do it? Yeah, which go on. which wide receiver would you most want to pay? Debo, DK, and who is the
2: third? AJ. And AJ, AJ, Brown. A.J. Brown. And you could yeah, also you, you could also pop in there if you want Terry McLaurin. Let's
0: do it. All due respect, though, that's a, this is a three-man race. You on think one, so?
2: Think. Okay, very good. Hey, I don't want to be accused of being
0: anti-Ohio <laughs> State bias here. No, nah, I mean, I like Terry McLaurin. I just feel... Yeah, I don't want Terry McLaurin to leave get Leave
2: him back. out. Yeah, I don't want him to get out. Leave him out, then. Just let it be noted I, I brought that up. He's a
0: baller though, <laughs> without question. Okay.
2: There you go. You want also want you put up another poll question too. Which guys return would affect a playoff series the most? Ben Simmons or Zion Williamson? Throw that oh, up there.
0: That's oh, juicy. that's juicy. Oh, There's another one.
2: A couple juicy pieces of uh, of uh, Twitter meat. Look,
0: me. Look at me coming up Look with the uh, – Coming up with the, the thing that you despise the most. Well, <laughs> you know what? I'm a basketball guy <laughs> now. Yeah, right, so I'm saying. Brockman, put McLaurin in there because I can already hear the Washington. No, no, no. Just put him in. Just add him.
2: Yeah. He said he said. I'm, a, I'm a Michigan guy. He's a
0: yeah. cowboy guy. Of course, we're going to leave yeah, out so a Washington yeah, commander. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about it in our disdain for where he comes. Yeah, put him in there. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm apologizing now. TJ doesn't want to hear
2: it. For his
0: 3%. <laughs> Even though it's kind of your job to hear it. That is true,
2: right? He's a <laughs> social media grandmaster of you the Rich Show. Okay, uh, <laughs> we are off and running on this program. So much to ask Tom Pelissero. Is there a an, an upcoming or looming or already arrived impasse between the Cardinals and Kyler Murray? Is there a ticking clock between now and the draft by which a deal must be struck for Kyler Murray to... Not demand a trade. Like, is this what is this happening? Essentially, is this going down? Because the hell going on <laughs> is the phrase that pays from Stephon Diggs on the day Tyreek Hill got traded. Mount Rushmore of tweets. That is still
0: to be on a T-shirt. To me,
2: the the headline <laughs> of the NFL in 2022 since the Rams won the Super Bowl. The moment the Rams hoisted the trophy and the confetti fell the hell going on there it is march 23rd 2022 we should we should get this as this should be an nft right.
0: absolutely 1000 right there it should be framed the
2: hell going on says stefan diggs someone needs to tap this on you, them you could say that again sir 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program when we come back tom palisara my colleague from the nfl media group with brian gumbel Stephen root marcus freeman and you still to come Hour number three is Stephen Root, and hour number two is uh, our friend Brian Gumble from Real Sports and Marcus Freeman, the head coach of Notre Dame football. Love to take your phone calls throughout, eight four four two zero four rich number to dial. But right now, uh, we are joined by my colleague from the NFL Media Group. So many questions for this man eight days before the draft. Tom Pelisaro here on The Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Tom?
1: It was nice to just get a break from uh, draft prep to read Stephen Root's uh, IMDb page. Ghost blew my mind. Did not remember it, but uh, Google confirms. Yes, was he, he
2: was mind. the st- he was the police sergeant that uh, Demi right. Moore went to when she thought that uh, the uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg character was <laughs> <laughs> trying anyway. to you know freak her out because you know. Spoiler alert! I mean, come on, dude. What do you mean? Spoiler alert! Ghost is from 1990. <clears throat> Are you out of your mind? I'm kidding. Okay, but anyway, so you can <laughs> confirm my sources confirm per source he was in Ghost. Um, Molly, you and So are you? let's get into this thing here, man. You you um you set the world a little bit uh um a on Friday with the, a report that Kyler Murray um is going to hold out if he doesn't get a contract. Is that where we currently stand right now, Tom?
1: Where we stand, Rich, is that there's been no negotiations. Uh, obviously, this is a, at an earlier stage in the off season than we've often seen these big quarterback deals get done. But you're in a unique environment right now because the quarterback market, uh, like some other positions, has really exploded with some of the deals that have gotten done recently. And also, uh, you have the situation where Kyler Murray's agent came out in February uh, at the start of the scouting combine and made abundantly clear he thought the time is now for everyone. To get a, a contract extension done, and you certainly, you know, in hindsight, when you look back and Aaron Rodgers signs for what's in essence a fifty million dollars per year extension, and Deshaun Watson gets five years, two hundred thirty million fully guaranteed, and guys like you know Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr who are older are getting forty plus, uh, you certainly can understand the argument that you know it would have behooved the Cardinals to uh, act sooner. So they never responded to the contract proposal that Kyler's agent, uh, Eric Burkhardt, initially made. A few weeks ago, Burkhardt, after some of those deals got done, informed the team that that proposal is now uh, off the table. Um, so that, that's where we're at. You know, it, it's really the, we're still early in the off season. We'll see how things play out from here as of this moment. Uh, my understanding is Kyler Murray has not requested a trade, uh, and the Cardinals are insisting they will not trade him, but other teams are absolutely monitoring this situation and you would think if we go to the you know the nuclear option in this entire thing it would happen in the coming days prior to uh this NFL draft because uh, you know in whatever 10 days here some teams are going to have filled their uh filled their quarterback holes and you know any compensation that would go back and forth between clubs would be out into the 2023 draft
2: so let's drill down to what the heart of the matter i think is and see if we can if we can get uh um, to the heart of it um are the cardinals diametrically opposed to giving murray a contract before year four is that the issue here or what why why isn't there a contract conversation happening right now
1: the The Cardinals' stance has been, we want to sign Kyler to an extension eventually. We want him to be our quarterback. Uh, That's something that the team would like to address uh, this summer. But you go all the way back to the tail end of last season, where Kyler didn't play his best. The team didn't play its best. Uh, They stumbled in that uh, nationally televised playoff game against the eventual uh, Super Bowl champions. And on Super Bowl Sunday, our buddy Mike Garafolo, among others, reported that you know there were conversations after the season between the owner Michael Bidwell, uh, other people with the Cardinals, and Kyler Murray, that they wanted to see more from him from a leadership perspective. I think that everybody who was going through the same pre-draft process three years ago knew that Kyler was never going to be a, a type A typical leader quarterback. He's a little bit quieter to himself. Um, that's just his, that's just how he's always been. And at Oklahoma, Guys followed him because he's just really, really good at football. That's kind of the way that he's approached things in the NFL. The Cardinals would like to see more of an evolution, but whatever was said in those meetings went over so poorly that Tyler deleted the Instagram photos, and that led to uh, the you know the statement from his agent and the attempt to start to start contract negotiations that never, you know, at least to this point, went anywhere. And so you're just kind of in an uncomfortable situation right now with a player who, granted, he's under team control for the next several seasons. He's due about $5.5 million this year. They got the fifth-year option for 2023, which I would certainly anticipate they would exercise. They got franchise tags beyond that. But if you're Murray and you're thinking, I got a $200 million-plus uh, payday coming my way, then you know, the prospect of, okay, well, he'd give up a $4.5 million roster bonus in August and he'd, he'd get fined and they'd claw back signing bonus money and he'd start losing checks. You know, if you're talking about giving up 8 to $10 million to secure that $200 million, there's reason to believe, and I certainly expect, that if there's not a contract extension and if Kyler Murray is still under contract to the Cardinals, that he's not going to play. He's not going to be starting week one for $5.5 million, and there's a the ball is really now in in the Cardinals' hands in terms of where things go from here.
2: So then, if if there are questions about his you know the the stuff that Mort you know tweeted out um, on Super Sunday that uh, Murray called nonsense the next day in a tweet, um, and there there are questions about his viability to win a championship based on his first foray into the playoffs this year, then then that seems like they'd want to see what a year four looks like before they really commit. But you're saying they're willing to commit during the summer. Then if you're willing to commit during the summer, you don't need to see any more. You've already seen enough to commit during the summer. Then why not commit before the draft? Is it because they don't want to seem like they were pressured by the statement that I'm holding up from uh, on the wonderful Kyler Murray stationery that got put out by Murray's agent uh, combine week? like, Why why not now then? Right. What's, what's, what's I, the holdout?
1: Well, I would say willing to commit is also a relative term here because, again, based upon where the quarterback market is going, are the Cardinals willing to give Kyler Murray $45 million a year? Are they willing to give him $50 million a year? That's where the numbers are going. And so it, it's an evolving uh, type of a situation. The Cardinals' stance has really just been they needed to focus on free agency and they had all those free agents off their own team. They lost some pretty important players between Chase Edmonds and Chandler Jones and Christian Kirk and Jordan Hicks did bring back a couple of guys. Zach Ertz, they brought back A.J. Green, they brought back uh, James Conner, but really they didn't add at all in free agency, which was another thing that Murray wanted to see. Okay, you're not going to spend the money on me right now. What are you going to do with it? Uh, it's hard to argue that as we stand here today, and granted, you know, still got the draft upcoming, still got a whole off season. it's hard to argue from a personnel perspective the Cardinals are better today uh, than they were in January. Uh, this all plays into it uh, as well. Um, so to the hmm. extent that the Cardinals were looking at when other deals got done, when Josh Allen got his extension, when Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, those were all May, June, July, August uh, type of deals. That That has been the normal timeline. But none of those guys had their agent put out a lengthy statement saying, I want to get paid right now. And that's just altered the dynamic in the relationship. The unspoken uh, message here seems to be, listen, I I want to be a Cardinal, but I also want to get paid. I don't want to wait. And if you're not going to pay me, I want to go and find out who will.
2: And the reason, is that the reason why he's trying to force the situation before the draft? Because again, if it's been communicated to him, we'll take care of you during the summer, then why won't Kyler Murray wait until the summer? Because, you know, you, you, you can't say Christian Kirk, you know, uh, left. He got paid by Jacksonville, and Chandler Jones is now on Vegas. But, you know, what other spot will he wind up in a huddle with DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green, right? And Zach Ertz and, and um, you know, the rest of that offense, James Conner. So why, why is Murray forcing the issue now, do you think?
1: If you're going to have a a massive quarterback trade, it generally has to come before the draft. Ideally, it would come before free agency even has begun. But think about it from both ends. From the player's perspective, you're going to have fewer places that you uh, potentially could go. You're going to have fewer suitors. That can impact your leverage in the situation. From the team's perspective, if they're going to trade him, which, again, the Cardinals are insistent they're not trading Kyler Murray, you also would be motivated to do it now because – If you start talking about 2023 draft picks in a deal, uh, those are basically downgraded from 2022 picks. So it has to move one way or another here. Not saying that, you know, the Cardinals are under any type of pressure. They can do whatever they want and they can do what they're doing now, which is really nothing, uh, all the way through the draft. And then at that point, you know, there's going to be, you know, the standoff of, okay, what happens? What kind of offer do they make them? Are they able to get something done? Do they – take this entire thing into training camp. But if a deal happens from both ends, now would be the time for that to take place, which is why uh, Kyler's end uh, started forcing the issue earlier in the off offseason. Uh, and I would certainly anticipate that uh, they're going to want some answers about the direction that this entire thing goes in the coming days here or else they're going to have some decisions to make about how they approach things leading up to next Thursday
2: night. All right, Tom, before we move on to another conversation piece about the draft, let's button this conversation up um, by placing you in the lane of sports talk radio. Okay. I know that you've got it. You're an information individual and you've got information and you're dealing facts, but I'm going to have you and there's no crystal ball. But I'll ask you, what's more likely, which is a conversation we have here on the program. Right, Chris? What's more likely? Fridays, baby. All right. I'm going to give you three choices. What's more likely on draft day? Okay. Murray is traded. Murray gets the contract. Um, Or um, Murray demands a trade on that day, a la Rogers last year's draft day. What do you think? Nothing happens, he demands a trade. Okay, I'll give you... (laughs) Nothing happens, he demands a trade. He does, in fact, get traded, or he has his contract and everything's hunky-dory. What do you think?
1: What we know as of now is that the Cardinals say they're not trading him, that there are no negotiations. So the most likely scenario would be the trade demand. The Cardinals could change that tomorrow if they... Step up and go, we'll give you five years and $250 million. That's That's why they have this kind of in their court right. right now. There's been no indications they're going to do that. So, yeah, if you're you know, laying odds on this, I would certainly lay the odds on the trade demand. But, you know, let's see what happens in the coming days.
2: So, uh, as for the NFL draft, Tom Pelissaro, um the quarterback market um, also taps into Baker Mayfield's future. It's quite fascinating that that's the situation entering the 2022 draft um, that uh, Mayfield's sitting around, and the question is, is uh, who might trade for him beforehand, and thus they don't take a quarterback, or who's going to trade for him after because they didn't get the quarterback they wanted, or who's going to be out of the market for him because they did, in fact, get the quarterback they wanted. Uh, Walk me through what Mayfield's um, options are as you and I are talking at the moment.
1: Well, really, there's not very many seats that are still available if you're talking about a starting job or a chance to compete for a starting job. I mean, you've got Seattle, you've got Carolina. Uh, Pittsburgh would be surprising because they already had Mitch Trubisky. They're more likely to draft one. Houston potentially could be in that market. The point is you don't have a whole lot of spots. And to this point, there's not been a lot of indications that anybody – uh, wants to put forth draft pick compensation for uh, Baker Mayfield at a time that you still got the draft coming up and you might have other options to fill that spot. So the, the Browns are in a position where Baker, because of the 2020 CBA, they had no options with him. It was already fully guaranteed, so they owe him 18800000 million. They're going to have to eat, eat a good chunk of that to get value in a trade for Baker Mayfield. And the question now becomes, Do they push to just get the best that they can prior to the draft beginning? Because the moment that round one starts, some teams are going to be acquiring uh, quarterbacks through the draft and you're going to lose some potential suitors. Or, you know, if the offers just aren't very good, if you have offers, then do you wait it out through round one, then see who missed out through the first round of the draft and, you know, see if your leverage actually increases on Friday? That's what that was the decision that Andrew Barry. Uh, has to make right now. From Baker's perspective, he wanted to go to Indianapolis. There was at least a a chance that that could have happened, but then a rare opportunity to get a former MVP pops up with Matt Ryan. They made that trade instead. Uh, Baker said in that podcast interview or whatever it was that, uh, you know, he thought Seattle was the most likely option. My understanding has not been that the Seahawks right now are looking to make a trade uh, for baker mayfield you got carolina which our buddy Ian Rappaport has talked about is potentially the most likely landing spot i would certainly agree that carolina one way or another i think by next friday let's call it is going to have another quarterback on their roster the question is just do they do that at number six do they potentially trade back from six to get back a pick in the second or third rounds because right now they don't have one and then try to get somebody either lower in the first round or, you know, through rounds two or three, or are they the team that just, they stand pat, they take a tackle, which was their other big priority in the soft season, and then they look to trade for a Baker Mayfield or a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Kyler Murray or whatever it might be uh, wow. come day two of the draft. I mean, those are those are all the kind of interconnected pieces of this. I mean, I can't think of a lot of scenarios where you had – a couple of quarterbacks like this. I mean, established guys. Baker Mayfield won a playoff game like 16 months ago. You know, he had his best season. You know, he's sitting there with $18.8 million fully guaranteed, and it's pretty apparent um, right now that he's not going to be playing for Cleveland again, though there certainly is a scenario where the Browns would just say, you know what, Deshaun Watson may or may not get suspended at some point. We're not going to release this guy. We owe him all the fully guaranteed money, so we'll wait it out. Maybe he does start at the start of the season, if he's willing to show up, mm. you got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been to a Super Bowl, He's been to an NC championship game. He's sitting there in no man's land. Cause everyone believes that Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback. I know there was talk that the the 49ers have been offered, you know, a couple of second round picks for Garoppolo. I would fairly tell you rich, if that had happened, Garoppolo would have already been traded. So they're still seeing how this entire thing lays out. There's been some potential suitors, Carolina, maybe Houston, uh, that could pop up along the line, but there's not, there's not a lot of, uh, scenarios like this in recent NFL history where a couple of guys who have won games in the NFL, a high draft pick, guys who been to a Super Bowl, are just sitting there. And everybody believes they're being traded, but the spots are beginning to fill up. So keep an eye on both those situations, again, leading up to Thursday night, but then potentially even on Friday morning and afternoon before we get into round two.
2: And before I let you go, is there something up with Debo Samuel? What's going on with him and the Niners? What do you know?
1: Debo Samuel – Certainly uh, would like to be paid, like all the other receivers who are looking at the current numbers, uh, not even – I mean, they're, I'm sort of looking at the puffed-up ones, but the, even the real numbers on those wide receiver contracts have changed the dynamic a bit. Um, I would not anticipate you're going to see Debo uh, showing up through the course of this offseason, uh, and that's another situation that other teams within the NFL are going to be monitoring because he is such a rare piece uh, in the NFL, I don't think the 49ers would have any interest in trading Debo Samuel, but, uh, until those situations get resolved and the, you know, in the current environment, uh, media wise around the NFL rich and on social media, uh, every, anything seems possible at this point. And so that's absolutely one to, uh, to keep an eye on here over the next week.
2: All right. And then, uh, so tomorrow you're going to have your annual piece on the quarterback, uh, draft class in advance of the draft. Um, How do you assess it as we're eight days away? What do you got for me on that?
1: I would say, I mean, I've talked to dozens of coaches and scouts and uh, general managers over the past couple weeks. Everybody basically prefaces their comments on this class with something along the lines of, if you need a quarterback, this is not the year to go get one. Having said that, uh, this is a unique draft. Uh, for a variety of different reasons. You don't have that Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray type of guy who's pretty clearly uh, going to rise to the top of the class, um, you know, heading into the draft. There's nobody really in discussion for, I mean, obviously the number one pick with Jacksonville, but nobody's looking to trade up for a quarterback right now uh, to number one overall. But you still got five guys who all could, under different scenarios, get into the first round. I believe Malik Willis is going to go, In the first round, he's just got the rarest traits and playmaking ability and a huge arm and running ability. He, like a couple of the other quarterbacks back around Sam Howell, just plays in an offense where it doesn't really require a lot of bandwidth. So there's going to be a learning curve, and everybody's trying to project that out. But Willis has impressed people. Everyone, he's a likable guy in terms of meeting with him. I think he's going to go quickly. Kenny Pickett is the other one that I'm pretty confident is going to go. In the first round, the question there is just okay, he's the most ready, but how much better is he going to get? And then you've got Mackerel from Ole Miss who is polarizing both in terms of his play as well as all the background, which was, you know, teams had to do more homework on him than just about any other player uh, in the draft. It seems like, you know, everybody at Ole Miss backs him up in terms of who he's become as a player, as a person. As a leader. Um, But there are some things, you know, early on in his career at Ole Miss um, that teams had to dig into and get comfortable with. You got Sam Howell, who, you know, he ran the ball like 183 times or something last year, ran for 1,000 yards. Um, Again, plays in a really simplistic offense, but there's a lot to like with him and the toughness and the, um, you know, and the leadership. It's just a matter of, again, how much better is he going to get? And then Desmond Ritter, who maybe has helped himself. Uh, more than anybody uh, over the course of this process in terms of his interviews being really good in terms of um, you know he tested off the charts. It's just can he throw it well enough. I think all those guys, Rich, potentially could go in the top 50, which would be right in line with uh, other recent classes here. Uh, there's scenarios where they all could go in the first round, particularly because as you get into the back half yes. of round one, um, there's some of those positions that commonly fill those spots, whether it's interior offensive line defensive line where there just aren't very many guys to take and then you know some teams are probably going to try to leapfrog the Lions at 32 maybe go get a quarterback get the 50-year option on them it's going to be fascinating everybody you know in terms of GMs as they're trying to project this and doing their mocks everybody says this is going to be really unpredictable and the quarterbacks are a big part of it
2: and then just a general sense of who's first overall right now eight days away what do you think
1: the Jaguars have not uh, shown their hand on that yet right. it certainly is something to well, when you're you know, talking everybody ever- walker and it's not as crazy as what um you know people may have believed when they first uh began to hear that he's just he's really really talented i think he had like nine sacks in his college career which is not how you normally look at an edge guy who's going to go number one overall but he is certainly in the conversation i'd anticipate aiden hutchinson from michigan is in the conversation um Ike i think is probably going to be the first tackle off the board so he'd be um, a factor there as well. I'm sure Jacksonville also would love to, you know, potentially have somebody wanting to trade up to number one, but when you don't have that clear frontline top number one right. quarterback prospect, it's tough to get those calls.
2: Tom, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate the call here. You'd be well. I'll see you, you in Vegas. Be. You take care. Yes, sir. Tom Pellissara right here on the Rich Eisen Show, my colleague from the NFL Media Group. I'll give you my two cents on the Kyler Murray stuff and uh, set up our number two for a couple of guests when we come back right here on The Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear?
2: Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data
2: rates
1: may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
2: Back here on The Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Well, looky here. We just hung up from Tom Pelissero, and I know I said... um, I wouldn't trade Debo Samuel if I'm the 49ers. And I said they're going to have to pay him. I don't know what the hell happened between him and the 49ers, but it is, according to Debo Samuel, via Jeff Darlington of the Worldwide Leader in Sports, irreparable. Darlington just tweeted out, truly as we hung up the phone with Tom Palisaro, that he had just gotten off the phone with Debo Samuel, and Samuel has told the 49ers he wants a trade. So there's that. And all I'll say is this. (laughs) That leaves, or would, if they can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again here, a huge hole. A huge hole in the 49ers offense. Huge. Absolutely monster big, huge asshole. There's only one complete player at this position like Debo Samuel, and I just said his name. And so I I, I don't know what else to say other than for 49ers fans. I hope they can come to some sort of reparation because there's nobody like him. And if this guy is truly out there before the draft, for somebody who said he wouldn't give up the 10th overall pick for Tyreek Hill, that I I didn't blame the Jets for offering two twos for Tyreek Hill and don't give up your 10th overall pick for Tyreek Hill. I would give it up for Debo Samuel (laughs) right now. Right now. That guy in New York City playing that style of football in New York, New Jersey, he would be one of the most popular New York Jets of all time. And if you were willing to pay Tyreek Hill that annual salary, I would give it to Debo Samuel right now. I mean, right here and right now. And I don't know what happened between the, two, the these two sides. I don't know. Uh, I can start digging best I can. But, man, I mean, talk about a team drafting a player, seeing his talent, and then – Reconfiguring their record, I mean, their, their playbook to utilize him in the manner that makes him a matchup nightmare, an identifying athlete for their style, and, and then just a business decision at the wide receiver position. The biggest down of the year for the team in the Green Bay snow on third and long, they handed him the ball. That's what we talk about in the NFL about difference making. That's how good this guy is. And I know I'm speaking the obvious when it comes to his talent and what it means, the 49ers, but removing him removes the 49ers, in my opinion, from being a threat to beat the Rams in the NFC West. It's that simple. Yeah. They can maybe go draft somebody else and hope he blossoms into Debo Samuel. <laughs> but when it came down to it in the NFC Championship game in the, and there was a push-pull in the first half, Debo ran free into the end zone. You're still seeing nightmares of him in that Dallas 49er game. Green Bay fans saw it they bow and ball, A.J. Dillon, was hurting out. Here comes Debo Samuel, downhill, to essentially win that game and set them up to win that game in Green Bay. So this is seismic news eight days before the draft. The hell going on has returned from back, stefan Diggs' tweet <laughs> in March, the, the, oh, the cool. day that Tyree Hill was traded, <laughs> on, because the Niners that. clearly know what Debo means to their team, to their playbook, to their <laughs> locker room, to their everything, to their fan base, to their identity, to, to the everything.
0: Like you said before, by land and by sea and air and everything. So whatever broke these two sides up, I, I don't know.
2: maybe the Niners got to get him into couples therapy with them
0: and just hash it out. (laughs) Is this a Dr. Phil issue? But if
2: if he's done and out, that changes the dynamic completely, especially with Trey Lance coming in. You need your guy like Debo. Come on now. And if I'm the Jets, hey, John, number 10 overall, what do you think? If the Jets can walk out with sauce at four and Debo at 10,
0: Oh, maybe.
2: <laughs> the year of Eisen just continues. See you later. Rip the knob off of that. Fourth overall, I can't do. I just can't do it.
0: I don't know if the Niners take 10, right? They probably will ask for four. What about 10? Of and, course would like, ask for four. 10 and like a third round pick?
2: i am done. What else? Next. I got Debo in green. That guy I would take. In New York, he would be a rock star. Debo. And I'm sure the Jets aren't the only ones thinking the same thing right now. If Debo is in fact in play, as Jeff Darlington says, he's told the Niners he needs to be. Hour two coming up.
0: Rich, you said the Niners hoped that they could draft someone that he could develop into Debo? Like Brockman. remember a few weeks ago I said about Devontae? You can't just Go to the grocery store and get a loaf of bread, a carton of milk, and a stick of Debo. Like he, guys like him, just you just don't find Debo Samuels everywhere. No, right? I know that, but the Niners
2: did in you know. in in the second round of a draft in three years ago. So maybe.
0: By the way, also Rich in a in a wide receiver draft that was as loaded as the one we're about to have. So I'm wondering if they get a top pick and then just kind of. I, I saw all the run I saw
2: I saw all the wide receivers at the combine. There are a couple of big dudes. There are a couple of big dudes. I don't know if they're going to be the running back, wide receiver, engine of the offense. I mean, Kittle is a crucial member. He's not going anywhere. But Debo, come on now. Who else looks like him and plays like him in the NFL? The answer is easy. Nobody. One of one. And I'm just sitting here like, you know, Carolina's got one draft choice. There's no way they're going to use it in the first round, top 10. The Giants, who the hell knows with that man? Did you see Kadarius Toney didn't show up to uh, volunteer workouts, voluntary workouts? And so.
0: Yeah, I don't read too much. Atlanta, would you send
2: but... him to Atlanta if you're San Francisco? You want him out of the conference. They're certainly not sending him to the Seahawks, not like that they'd want him anyway, but with DK there. There's only one answer. It's the New York Jets sitting there at 10. Hey, San Francisco, you don't have a first-round pick this year because of your Trey Lance trade. You want to be top 10? Oh, I think you do. Okay. God doesn't want to be on your team anymore? You want to send him to, out of the conference? What better place to send him out of the conference than the New York Jets? See you later. <laughs> Once every four years. Send him to New York. You don't have to worry about him anymore. Robert Sala, call up your old friend. Hey, guys, remember me? I'm Robert Sala. I used to be on your your coaching staff, you loved me. I was this defensive coordinator that was so good there that the Jets hired me. You remember me? My name's Robert Sala, just in case you, 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 know, you know my number, you know my, uh, my email address, right? <laughs> Does, you know Joe Douglas, you know Joe. Hey, Joe, do you know uh, John? John, John, you know Joe? You know that? Okay. A Oprah. Oprah. Oh, I am I am swooping in right now. Does oh, Kansas 1 million City million percent. Put a
0: package together. Kansas
2: City putting a package together for DeBo Samuel would absolutely reconfigure my top 5 teams in the AFC <laughs> list that I put together a few days ago. Oh, baby. <laughs> this thing's a foot. <laughs> Let's go.